Welcome to the Sourced Week in Review, week in review number 81, but the first one for two weeks, Jordan McDonald joins me. My name is Michael Crutcher. Jordan, we didn't have the podcast last week because we were a bit busy at the Confraternity Carnival Rugby League. Yeah, yeah, we were. It was a big week too. They always are a big week. They are a big week. So, so if you don't know what Confro is, it mm. brings together... 64 teams, boys and girls from mainly Catholic schools across Queensland that play rugby league. Yep. Which then means six fields live stream concurrently. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through the website. Yep. And lots of people watching. Lots of people watching. Yeah, no, it's quite a production. It's quite impressive from what, uh, from my very first one, was it four or five years ago now? Yep. To what it is now, it's um, it's evolved a lot, and people like to watch their children and grandchildren and friends play. So oh, fortunately, they certainly do. The live stream was magnificent and worked, and the views on YouTube were massive last week. Yeah, what did we have? Just just shy of one hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah, one hundred twenty thousand uh, individual views. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, so the numbers good are serious. Numbers. Yeah, they are. That's all the parents. Yeah. Yeah, and old old boys and girls now because we've had that's a true. girls team through. So yes. yes, that's right, exactly. Incident free, thankfully, and everyone returned safely. So this is the fortnight in review it because is. we didn't do last week, and since we've been away, the cricket's gone nuts in the UK. Okay, I, I know nothing about it. I'll be honest with you. It's been fantastic. Yeah. I'm having a cup of tea. I've now. noticed. I was about yeah. to call that out because usually it's a can of diet coke. Yeah, it's a cup of tea. It's a cup of just, tea. Yeah, gone for the hot beverage today. Last night was watching cricket. Mm. Oh, fair enough. But we're we're up and running. And since we've been gone, of course, a new social media platform has emerged because, of course, it has. So oh, that's hasn't it? The main topic of today, <laughs> Jordan. We're talking about threads. Talking about Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter, cage fights. What is happening? Yeah, so Instagram's parent company, Meta, they've released a new app called Threads, as you'd mentioned, and its sole objective is pretty much to go after Twitter, take its uh, yep. take its market share. So the news probably wasn't too thrilling for most social media users because, you know, we know Meta has a pretty blemished track record with its social media it's platforms, true. particularly around you know, how it protects uh, the data, privacy, and then manages content moderation. But um, with the continued issues we're seeing at Twitter, Meta's Instagram and Facebook have recently been viewed as the more desirable option for users, Mm. which is very interesting. Now, Threads hopes to challenge Twitter by basically looking exactly like it and trying to do everything better. Yep. So the app made it very easy to court users from the moment it launched. So any user with an Instagram account effectively has a Threads account. Yep. Do you have Instagram? Surely do. Oh, well, you've got Threads then. I'm on Threads. Don't worry. Yes, but that has a catch, and I'll tell you a bit that, about that later on. So once you open the Threads app, you can have the same username as you do on Instagram. Yep. So it's automatically uh, ported across. You can import the same bio information that you've written into Instagram, and you can follow absolutely everyone from Instagram, whether they're there or not. Um, And so you're ready to use threads from within 30 seconds of installing the app. So what is different about threads in terms of other 
social media platforms. So the advantage of Threads is that it offers unlimited free access to posts, a reliable network and a strong team of content moderators who have told us we can expect a positive and civil environment. Yeah, right. Two words that aren't often yeah. associated with social media. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, in part of the online uh, media, it's been described as a peaceful oasis. Really? Yeah, I don't know. A peaceful oasis, yeah. right. Okay. Um, but it's also a decentralised social media network, and that means that Threads is built to be compatible with other platforms like Mastodon, which is a different social media app. And in the future... Threads may also allow you to follow discussions on Mastodon or other services and engage in those discussions on other platforms from within Threads. Right. So the concept, this concept of decentralised is a bit of a departure from Meta's usual or traditional approach of creating these closed off networks, but they see it as a way to attract more creative talent and provide users with more freedom. So I notice that Mastodon, <coughs> which is uh, a bit of an offshoot of former Twitter people, the estimations are it's got about 13 million users. Is that right? Yeah, but it's very hard to know how many Twitter's got now because they've closed off that information. That's true. And Mastodon, was that 13 million? Because I know Thread has pulled in over 30 million in one day. Yeah. And that's obviously thanks to the Instagram's connection. So if there. you get 30, you can add 13 on. But now you said there's no ads and you're currently right. Mm -hmm. That's uh, <clears throat> It seems as the ads on Twitter seem to grow, there's mm -hmm. no ads here. But... Surely it's all about making money. We always say follow the money. You'll follow the money for the revenue from threads, I'm guessing. Oh, for sure. Like it is ad-free at the moment. Um, and Meta's just focusing on launching the app in different countries around the world. Um, but, you know, like, like you said, you've got to follow the money and it needs to become a money-making machine for them at some point. Um, Meta's faced some pretty, good, pretty big challenges in complying with the data privacy regulations, which for the moment is why it won't be available in the European Union. Yeah. Right away. So, okay, so what's the verdict so far? You've had a couple of days looking around threads. What's it been like? Yeah, well, we're day two of threads. Uh, so I've had 24 hours on it. Uh, it's not quite what I expected. Um, I hoped that I'd pretty much open up to a chronological news feed free of any advertising and I would see only posts from accounts yep. uh, that yep. I've chosen to yep. follow. So basically a, a Twitter feed with only content that I want to see. Yep. Uh, and yep. it's a long way from that at the moment. Um, so while you do see the posts and the people you follow, they're almost drowned out by what the Threads algorithm is pushing into your feed. Yep. So it feels very spammy at the moment. And I understand the algorithm hasn't, you know, had much time to figure me out yet, so it can't uh, serve me much content that's different but um, it honestly diminished the initial experience for me a little bit and uh, and it's weird to think but surely with all the time I've spent on Facebook and Instagram and that they're associated with threads yeah surely they've got enough data on me to give me something good yeah for sure look I've found it underwhelming so far it just feels like I've gone to a like a, a party in a giant room okay. and I've got there early and there's not a whole lot of people there yet there's some people i do know and then there's a whole bunch of people i've never met before right who are talking to me and mm. i don't really know what they're talking about or why they're talking about it. that's how it feels to me and i've seen too many threads 
I was going to say tweets, but I've seen too many threads from politicians. Yeah, I've seen Albo on there a bit. Yeah, I mean, I go to social media to avoid politics, honestly, not to have politicians attempting to be fashionable and funny, funking up my feed. And as politicians from both sides of the spectrum, I don't want them mm. on my... So they can stay on Twitter, leave us in that peaceful oasis. Well, I suppose it's what you get when you try to copy Twitter. You're going to attract the Twitter people. Well, here's the thing. The, the chronological timeline in Twitter, mm. I really like. Yep, I but agree. Because I use it as a news service and it enables me to stay away from the algorithms that dominate pretty much every other platform. Mm-hmm. I quite like that about Twitter. Now, if threads can get that going for me, I will like that and the audience will grow. But I, I want to be able to get a chronological timeline of people that I follow unlike some of the randoms that Threads has been chucking at me for the last 24 hours. But here's a question too. How does Threads stop the raving, nasty people who have made Twitter the cesspit? Yeah, that's How do they stop them? Because it's not hard to set up Threads if we've both experienced the last day. It's easy to do. it's probably the easiest of all of them. So why wouldn't these people who have just made Twitter such an unpleasant place, why wouldn't they just come across and how are they going to stop them? I don't get that. Well, it takes a lot of moderation to do that mm. and that costs a lot of money to moderate and are they going to really invest in that? I doubt it. Yeah. So it's a good point. What's been, there's our verdict. What about social media? What's social media been like? Um, well, as you'd expect, all eyes are on the big guys, Zuckerberg and uh, Elon Musk. Um, Mark was actually the first one to fire a shot uh, yesterday morning. He uh, did his first tweet in about 10 years. Wow. And it was a, a meme of two Spider-Men looking at each other and pointing at each other. The old Spider-Man meme. Yeah, sort yeah. of you know, acknowledging yeah. the copycat nature of, yes. of threads. Yes, um, And the memes that followed just you know, poured in. Threads was trend, trending on Twitter today, funnily enough, with over, uh, sorry, yesterday, with over a million tweets. Wow. And I found that quite funny considering it's the, uh, the rival platform is getting increased exposure from. Um, but there's also been a lot of people taking the opportunity to fire off at Musk because on Saturday he announced that he'd be limiting how many tweets non-paying yeah. members would be able to read and scroll through. And that just inflamed the user oh, base big time. This is what I mean. He's... I, I really struggle to work this out with him because he really has made some average decisions at Twitter. Yeah, it's every movement's monetized or, you know, and the, the, for the free user experience, it's just diminishing day by day. But you know, for those users who don't pay, the subscription would be limited to 600 tweets per day and those who do pay would be 6,000, but people really hated that and he's since updated those numbers to be 1,000 for non-paying and 10,000 for paying. Yep, yep. So, okay, let's, uh, we're on week in review number 81 today. Let's pretend we're doing week in review number 101. Where yep. are we going to be with threads in sort of, you know, five, six months' time? <clears throat> well, it'll obviously be around still. Um, but how it will look will be anyone's guess. I mean, I'm, we're a day old now and I've already noticed that the feed is a lot cleaner now, so less of the uh, accounts I don't follow are in there, which yep. is nice. But um, I'm really interested to see if they've managed if they'll manage to preserve what they've described as the peaceful oasis. <laughs> I'm not sure how uh, well that'll occur, but um, I reckon we'll start seeing ads maybe in that time. And I really hope For that sure. they offer options to curate the uh, the news feed better, a bit like what you were talking about. Um, you know, at least having separate feeds as yep. to following and suggested, so I can you know pick between the two. Yep. Uh, it just feels a bit untidy at the moment. 
I would agree. Now, of course, there's been so much happening in this Twitter thread space that one of the stories that emerged and promised to deliver great things has subsided a bit. And we talk about Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg Hmm. in a cage fight. Yeah. What is happening with the alleged cage fight? Yeah, pretty bizarre. Um, It does look like the two billionaires may actually square off at some point. Um, So like all good celebrity boxing matches, it all starts over a tweet. Um, So while Musk was facing the imminent launch of threads, he tweeted at... um, at uh, Zuckerberg saying, I'm sure Earth can't wait to be exclusively under Zuck's thumb and followed up with, I'm up for a cage match if he is, lol. Zuckerberg has taken that bait and uh, posted on Instagram, send me location alongside the screenshot of um, Elon's tweet. Um, (laughs) So Musk responded quite quickly, suggesting the UFC's octagon in Las Vegas. And this is where Dana White comes into the whole thing. So he's been interviewed by TMZ and he reckons he's spoken to both billionaires uh, who said they are dead serious about this fight. And uh, if it were to go ahead, it'd be the biggest fight in the history of combat sports. So I guess we'll wait and see. I know Zuckerberg's a a little sneaky Brazilian jiu-jitsu man. He actually won his most recent fight in the 149-pound division. Can you imagine this going ahead, though? I mean, I actually can I actually can. It'd just be a spectacle. I, I did read a, a story with someone who's written a book on Musk, so therefore he's Musk's biographer, who said there's two chances of this happening, zero and none. <laughs> so That's clever. Let's, uh, and hey, this is the thing with UFC, there's always financial incentives, but what, do you, what financial incentive is there for two guys who have gazillions well, of dollars? It. It's, it's a purely exhibition for the audience to yeah. laugh at, I reckon. It would be it would be amusing. Shocking. Let's see what happens in this space. It's constantly changing. Now, let's go back to old media. Mm-hmm. So we'll head over to old media. Another article this week about the impact of reduced government advertising in newspapers, this time in regional media. So Australian Community Media, so yep. ACM, it's a privately owned publisher, includes the likes of the Canberra Times, Newcastle Herald. Mm-hmm. So there was a story in the Sydney Morning Herald this <laughs> week about the government spend and the concerns from ACM that they're basically not getting enough of the government advertising in their regional newspapers to try to prop them up. Okay. So the article had some interesting data from Standard Media Index showing the government advertising category is down 43% between January and April this year Mm -hmm. versus 2022. So there's $90 million in advertising revenue out of there. And it's impacting most in regional media, down 59% year on year. Metro media down 52%. National media down 24% across those four months. So we do have coming off highs because of things like COVID, ad ad spend, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the share of newspaper spending is getting less. And we had that piece a couple of weeks ago about Dan Andrews in Victoria saying that uh, his government wouldn't be spending in, in newspapers. So... This is a really tough one, okay, because we know that good media makes for better regions, okay, we know that. But governments should be spending taxpayer funds wisely. So here's the dilemma. Do governments provide money to regional media for the health of those newspapers, potentially at the expense of getting the most eyeballs on their advertising, which Mm -hmm. is what the taxpayer money is supposed to do? That's the big dilemma here. And what we see is desperate pleas from media outlets who have been used to being the dominant players for decades. Yeah. 
they owned it because they own the classified advertising, which we've said many times has gone to online and mm-hmm. taken out the rivers of gold. So there is still an – I see both sides of the argument here, but there's still an onus on papers to show they are worthwhile, and that's the challenge. That's the real challenge. Um, and I, during the week there was a story again in the nine papers, so the Herald and the Age, about – one of the world's oldest newspapers printing its final daily edition after more than three centuries. Man, that's amazing. The Weiner Zeitung, owned by the Austrian government, but editorially independent. Apparently, I don't know enough about that. But no, neither do I. Its last daily edition last week after 320 years in print. Wow. It once reported on a concert featuring an especially talented 12-year-old who was described as Mozart, which it was. Oh, really? Yeah. So it that covered amazing. this 12-year-old Mozart <laughs> in 1768. Wow. So it's been around for a bit. That's um, pretty incredible. Yeah. So anyway, and unfortunately we're going to hear more of those closures, albeit not 320 years old, but we'll hear more about Man, those. What is the oldest paper in the world? That's a great question. That's something for me to Google after this. Let's, uh, let's go back and find that for next edition. But... In the modern media stakes, we've spoken about the Apple Vision Pro, mm. which sounded like it's okay, but it's really expensive. But there's an issue with production potentially. Yeah, they're, they're facing production challenges. Uh, and they've had to significantly cut back uh, the forecast for the Vision Pro mixed reality headset. Um, so it was announced last month, the headset, after seven years of development, and it was viewed as pretty much the major product, a major product launch yeah. for Apple. But the complexity of the design and the production difficulties have led to some scaling back on the targets. And the plans for a more affordable version of the device have now been delayed as well. So Apple has not given a specific reason for cancelling the project, but it's believed to be related to the supply chain issues rather than any app development. So the manuf- manufacturing the sleek screens for the device, for example, have been particularly challenging um, with concerns about productivity and yield of micro OLED displays. Apple had set uh, an internal sales target of a million of these units in the first year, but that revised, uh, but the revised provisions uh, suggest that there'd be significantly lower production volumes now. And despite the setbacks, uh, analysts still expect Apple to have a strong user base for the headset in the coming years. Very interesting. I'm going to be very interested in the numbers that they sell if they do get to the shells because we're talking about the costs. Yeah, we talked about this. It was just going to be hard to move. Yeah. It's just, yeah, difficult. Let's see how that goes. Now, going back to old media, this is back and forth. Goodness me. News this week that the UK has now only got one large magazine printing operation now because uh, one called Pronovus, owned by a German media outlet, uh, has said it's closing its printing operations due to the significant decline in the UK magazine market and, of course, the soaring costs of paper, which has been a massive issue for Australian newspapers as well. But these are magazines in the UK. So there's now a monopoly in news ca- UK uh, magazine printing monopolies as we know can be a bit difficult so mm-hmm. it now Walstead now prints nine of the top 10 magazines in the UK so it's the last one sort of hanging around there and this is part of the wider overall where a magazine's going 
looking at The Guardian had some figures of sales of the UK's top 10 selling magazines since 2005. And they are in serious decline. They've declined, actually, let's, let's go since 2010, declined about 70% in Jeez. magazine sales, 70%. So you get to that point there, and we've seen a bunch of magazines close. That's not new. Um, you get to that tipping point where the economy of scale doesn't work for you. But the top 10 magazines in the UK, um, number one, TV Choice. Yep. Number two, What's On TV. <laughs> Yeah, Number right. three, The Economist print publication, which is really interesting. Okay. Then Radio Times, Slimming World magazine, mm-hmm. Take a Break, Good Housekeeping, Private Eye, BBC Gardener's World, and Woman and Home. Now, I'm interested in The Economist being there because when the iPad came out, mm-hmm. we all thought that the iPad would enable people to read digital versions of magazines, so therefore they wouldn't have the same yeah. production costs. And you know, I remember being in newspapers where we thought the iPad's really going to give us a boost here, and it turns out that it hasn't. No. So now, this is well over a decade after the iPad came out, digital editions account for about 5% of total circulation. Mm-hmm. That is it. It's pretty small, isn't it? Very, very small. And a lot of that comes down to The Economist, which has really good digital numbers. So that's very interesting. And they're not doing the numbers online in terms of websites and so forth. They're just not getting that that there. So again, we don't want to sound like pessimists. It's just what's happening. It's simple as that. The revenues have shifted away and magazines (laughs) and newspapers try and to do what they can in that print format. Now, which leads us to of looking <laughs> to the celebrity magazines. We'd like to do that, the celebrity magazines, and to look at the Woman's Day here in the New Idea. They still do good business, not what they used to do. Um, interestingly, and I haven't seen this one for a while, the major story on the Woman's Day is to do with little William Tyrrell, the truth yeah, at Yeah, okay. I did see something about it this week. And their neighbour tells I couldn't stay silent any longer. Also in the new ideas, smaller story at the top, William Tyrrell. So that's obviously shifting some, um, some magazines for them. Obviously a very, very sad story. Now, the second story on Women's Day, I just want to have a look at this. Okay, we're talking here about Kate, Princess Kate. Kate's secret lessons, tennis lessons with Roger Federer. Okay. The perfect match, it says. Now, I didn't think that was secret. I thought I saw them hitting a tennis ball to each other a few yeah, days ago or last week or something. I saw that as well. So I'm not sure they are secret. Maybe there was some secret lessons before. I, I don't know. Match, for God's um, sake. So, uh, <laughs> look, other, other, uh, other items here. McLeod's Daughters, brand new episodes leaked. Oh, have Man, you watched McLeod's Daughters? No, but I'm, I'm aware of it. I've never seen an episode. But yeah. there are brand new episodes leaked. They could all be new from my Leaked, eh? Leaked. <laughs> leaked. Um, and uh, one after. here um, looks like Sophie Monk. She says, I could have been Mrs. Brad Pitt. Is that right? Oh, apparently. I bet she wishes. Apparently. This is what you'll be rushing out to buy later. Now, what about the new idea? Yes, with King Charles and Fergie on the front here. I'll look after you, Fergie. Shock breast cancer diagnosis heals 31-year feud. Right, so Charles is saying, I'll look after you, Fergie. 
Yep. Do you think he will or his uh, his staff? Uh, there's a good chance that there'll be a, a serious team that helps with that support. Do you think Charles will be sort of taking over the uh, the meal to a recuperating Fergie himself? Or Let's think give him the benefit of the doubt for the moment. Right, okay. Um, what else have we got here? We've got an exclusive wedding album, Home and Away, Luke and Jacob. I cannot, Luke Jacobs. Luke Jacobs, I can barely read that. Um, and beneath that we've got Carrie Betrayed, How Could He Do This To Me? So yeah, a bit of... Bit of the opposite going on there. We've got wedding above and misery underneath. There. I've never heard of the person getting married, but I certainly wish them the very best. I'm sure it was a great day. Yeah. Uh, now, we spoke about McLeod's Daughters. You've got another old TV show here on New Idea. This is big. Sons and Daughters? A Dark Secret Revealed? Sons and Daughters. Yes. There you go. Dark Secrets Revealed on Sons and Daughters. <laughs> I don't know what those secrets would be or could be. I've never there's, seen an episode. There's value in retro. There you go. And what we got at the top there, Desperate Megan, back to acting, her bodyguard, two deal with Kevin Costner. I wish Kevin Costner would get back to filming the rest of Yellowstone. Do you I'll think uh, Prince Harry would get a cameo on that, bodyguard two? I hope not. Maybe he would. I don't I know what not. he'd play. seen enough of him. What's the weekend like? Um, very quiet on the work front, which is lovely. Just a, just a one gig on the Saturday. Um, I did forget to actually warn our, our thread... Oh, I listen is about a, a particular thing on threads, by the way. What is it? That because it's so easy to sign up, if you have an Instagram account, yep. getting out's very hard. Oh, really? Yes. So if you want to delete... Oh, you're stuck. So if you want to delete your threads account, you have to delete your Instagram account. Oh, really? Yeah. So you sign up to threads, you're pretty much signed up for life. Wow. There's a good marketing <laughs> it's a 360 employee. deal, eh? It's not, uh, not the best. <laughs> That's a great marketing Yeah, employee. someone very... Very cleverly pointed that out in the fine print and shared that pretty quick. It's like trying to get out of a newspaper subscription online yes. these days. It's, uh, it's got a degree of uh, difficulty to it. Yes, so uh, that's that's that. But what's your weekend got? Uh, no, quiet. It's a uh, it's a devil's bye weekend and school goes back next week. So Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Which means traffic goes back next yeah, week, doesn't it? Yeah, traffic back next week and trying to get kids out of bed to get to school. Yeah, how's that? Cold. That won't be easy. Mm. I'll just send the hounds in. That's it. Have a good weekend. You too.